production. This is the Rush Hour with AB and Elliot's podcast. AB, producer Luke, there were some moments of absolute gutter drivel today, which is why I'd like to keep these few minutes in the podcast high class. What are you class. talking about? Well, there was just some yucky, you know, like you people being gross. You instigated all of that yuckiness. Not true. The bloke that called about his pecker. Yeah, but you saw that as a as an in, and then you were like, okay, he, continuing he, to He drop. also saw it as an in. He, he was a gateway drug well, to the yeah, rest of the day. first and then the yeah. second. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I want to keep he this the floodgates above of board. But I did see the biggest dog penis I've ever seen <laughs> in my life today, and I can't stop thinking about it. Not in a was weird it way. mine? Because my dog's is... No, it was uh, at the gym. Uh, this I can't believe a gym dog. Of it. I did. I'm showing the guys a photo now for visual. Um, I don't want to be weird, but Teddy's is bigger in proportion to his body. This dog has it resting on its leg. It's so big. When he was yeah, running, Ted's is, Ted's it was also. slapping on his legs as you'd run about. It's not normal. It was amazing. It's dog, and it's a proper dog. Sorry, your dog's not a real dog. This is a bull Arab cross pity something. Proper dog I reckon with a big Teddy's head. takes up a quarter of his body. Stop. Take a photo. Now I need to see it. <laughs> Take a photo because I don't believe you because your dog's such a wimp. This is the dog that won't wee unless it's taken out on a harness to do so. <laughs> no, it takes, we it take it on a leash, otherwise it eats toads. <laughs> Take a photo. I'll get Alex to send one. He'll be very, very honoured to do so. Could you FaceTime him now? Okay. Oh, we, oh okay. Well, so we, well, you, look, you tell us what's on the show while, while oh, AB does okay. that. Well, okay. Well, on the show, I don't have a. Can I have oh, a run sheet? Sakes, you're the producer. So I forget of the to show. bring one you're in. The executive producer. Yeah. Well, I plan the show and then I throw it away. I forget yeah, about it. Facetiming oh, okay. him now. Yeah, um. Okay. Uh. What are we? Can you show uh, us Teddy's penis. <laughs> How are you going to launch that? Just <laughs> with that, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> he knows what to expect in this yeah. marriage. We took some calls on the best thing your parents taught you. Um. We had a chat to Jack Brew, who is uh, just. Being given the best job. Okay, everyone. Pause, pause, Jack. Alex is here. Um, Hello, Alex. We have a request. You're on the podcast, mate. Can you show us Teddy's penis? Because I said I think it's really big for his body. That's it. It's just like his dad. Just like his dad. (laughs) It's just like his dad. Can you could you get us a visual, Alex? Okay, one thing. Thank you. The fact that he hasn't questioned that, I really respect. Oh, he's right there. Proud of Ted. Ted, get it out. Teddy, Teddy. I don't want to do that when he's... How am I supposed to do this? This is such a weird... We're just like, just grab it and... I don't know. Lime flat. Get some photos. <laughs> Turn him over. This is so weird. Oh, yeah. It's pretty large. It's so hairy. <laughs> Why is it so hairy? Because he's a dog. dog and he's covered in fur? No, but he, it looks like he's been trimmed everywhere else except for that. He's See, happy. It goes up to like his rib cage. Look at the tail wag. Yeah, okay. He's stoked about nah, it. Nah, it is pretty big. Yeah, I just... I see it sometimes when he sits on the ground, it is on the floor. You gonna let your husband speak? There we go. Yeah, Alex, what have you got to say about this? I think you're all animals. Yeah, okay. Well, fair. for someone who thinks that, Sorry, you sure Alex, as hell participated easily. I had easily nothing in that. to do with this. Anyway, Thanks, mate. See you it's later. good to see you. Um, are we done? Are we, are we done with animal penis talk now? <laughs> Can you send some photos as well, Alex, just to further paint the picture? Oh, I believe it now. It was pretty big. <laughs> I just didn't expect it to be. Anyway, yeah. uh, Jack Brew, yes. Chief Beer Tasting Officer for the Heads of Noosa Beer mm. Brewing Company. Um, that's the, he, he was cool. Yeah, he was a nice guy. Very cool. You want to be his friend so that you can yeah, take his gig. I Me. Do want to be... I was going to say, oh, no, I don't, well, I I don't, don't want to be his friend. Do you know what's weird about him, though? What? He said FIFO worker. I'm he a FIFO yeah. worker. That really I've threw me. I've never heard that before. I think he's a paid actor because that sounded fake. He's AI. <laughs> they he, didn't really fire someone. Yeah. 
but Actually, he said I'm a FIFO worker. While we got a second, because I haven't said thank you today, I need to say thank you because I said yesterday, I think it was, I had this gigantic adult pimple that was on the side of my nose and it was huge. I want to thank you for being an ally because you decided to grow one on your nose today too that I haven't made <laughs> reference to. So That's not a pimple. A- ally in pimple. What is it? It's a cut. That's even better. How would yeah. you cut the How'd tip you cut of your, your nose? Face? So I do these like microdermabrasions on my face and it's a little knife and because i got a scar there, yeah. it just nipped in. So you were trying to cut your scar? You try to like shave your skin off a bit so it's like exfoliant. It's very My Chemical Romance. Yeah. <laughs> right, wow. Okay. You shave a layer of your skin off with this little blade. Okay. Um, it's very good for your skin. Off the back of Jack Brew, yeah. I also took some calls on uh, on names uh, that were, you know, suited to the jobs that these people had. Yeah. Um, oh, we also spoke to Drew uh, from uh, the Kick On Charity in Cairns. He's been at the forefront of the mm. flood recovery in Cairns uh, to sort of help us paint a picture of, uh, of what we're heading up to support next week when we go up to Cairns for the uh, 42 for flood relief, which you can donate to as mm. well. You guys are going to be walking. 42 kilometres through Cairns uh, and we're raising money as well so if you have got Very some keen. spare coin to donate, triplem.com.au hit the win tab to donate This is Triple M's Rush Hour with AB and Elias. Producer Luke is here with us as well Housekeeping! Now this is a little moment in our show that we take advantage of the closeness we have as a team It's all about trust, it's all about communication It's about not letting things fly and taking accountability straight away. So today's housekeeping, something I want to raise with the team, myself and producer Luke, is in regards to an activity you've taken up of late. Right. Elliot. Now, you've gone on a really big fitness journey in the last few months. We're very proud of you. Thanks, Mum. Yep. (laughs) However, you've always famously made yourself... I mean, it went, if anyone listens to the show, they hear fun police. You hate things that mm. are going with the grain. You hate trends. You hate following anything that is bandwagoning with everybody else. Yeah, it's fair. My TikTok and Instagram of late has been full of people taking up this particular habit. This one guy, at Mr. Milk, made a video and it said in the caption, POV, you're every single person in 2024. Take a listen. Training for half marathon, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow? I'm going to be waking up at 5 a.m. I'm going to be a run club. Just on my run. <laughs> I'm just been for a run. Look, I'm tracking it. See? See my stats? Yeah, 4K. 4K in the book. See around the lake? See the dots? Yeah. Just ran for a run, so. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in 2024 is becoming a runner. And so are you. It's already come up multiple times in our conversations. Oh, my Garmin didn't track my run very well. The battery's dying too quickly in my various workouts. Like, what macros should I have for my run? Yep. It's all right to be a sheep, but you are one, and I think you should probably own it. (laughs) (laughs) Just so I'm aware that was an attempt at a sheep noise. That was okay. Right. Luke, yes. as well, obviously, yep. seasoned runner, not a tread follower, more like tread setter. Yep. You've actually had some experience of yeah. late that proves my point. As much as I love this movement where everyone's going for runs and getting out and being active, yeah. mate, every bloody marathon around the country is mm. selling out. Melbourne sold out. It's in October. Melbourne Half Marathon is just sold out. Gold Coast Marathon is sold out. You should uh, try. Even the Cairns Marathon is 50% sold out. Right. Like People are signing up for these marathons and I cannot get an entry. We should make a marathon, by the way, it's as a business a opportunity. 100% a trend and you're 100% on board. It. Okay. Here's, here's it. <laughs> you, can, you can put your sheep bear away because I'm not a sheep, I'm a wolf. And I always have been. <laughs> 
Here's the thing. I'm not running because I want to be cool or run with other people. Mm. By the way, marathons are for losers and I'll never be doing one of them. That's what I said. That's what they say. I swear to Christ or whatever I believe in, I swear I will never do a marathon. The reason I've been running is because I've been boxing and burning out. I've got no cardio. That's the only reason. I'm running because I have to, not because I want to, not because I'm batting with the rest (laughs) of the sheep. I'm very much still a lone wolf sitting on my hill doing my own thing. It just so happens the thing I'm doing by myself without influence of others is going for a trot three times a week. I don't know, Luke. Sounds like something a sheep would say. <laughs> yeah, 2025 Cairns Marathon. We'll see Elliot no, Lovejoy on the start He's line. already ordered the high-vis singlet <laughs> thing. It's coming in the mail. The nipple event. tape is no, on its way. No, you, you couldn't pay me enough. Well, I simply want to know today, what's the best thing your parents taught you? Now, this could be from the heart. This could be a silly little knick-knack thing that you've carried with you all your life. I have never been a quick learner in anything I've done. In fact, my driver's test, I failed four times before I got it right. However, I'm at a stage in my life where I'm starting to really appreciate something that that my old man, my stepdad, did for me. He still does this to this day, and it used to annoy the shit out of me when I was a kid. I, I never understood it, and I used to make fun of him. Probably up until the last couple of years, I made fun of him about this, but now I understand the skill and why he does it. The best thing I've been taught by my parents was by my stepdad, and it's arriving to airports two, three, sometimes four hours before the flight. This is what my husband does. As he should, because why would you not? And and I'm talking domestic flights here. Maybe I'm flying out of Mackay, and I'm going to, I don't know, Brisbane. Two hours before, you sit there. Yes, you're way early, but you can sit there, have a coffee or a spritz. Like a $19 coffee. Uh, or you don't have to get a coffee. You can fill up your water bottle. You can sit at a table. You put some earphones in if you need to or have a conversation with the person you're going with. And you know that the potential stress of maybe missing your flight if you keep it too tight is never going to happen to you because you are so far on time that you're early. It's a wonderful skill and more people should do it. I can relate a little bit in the sense that, yeah, when you're younger, the rush of everything is more exciting. And now you're like, I just don't want that. I don't miss flights. I'm not late for flights, but I'm late for a few things. I haven't got that from my parents, but I would have to say, and it pains me so much, my Mm. mum, lover, absolute tight ass, lived like we were in the Great Depression as children. She would just scrape mould off cheese, everything, like never, Mm. ever threw anything away. We would go to the shops. I'd say, I really like this pair of pants. And she would make a big hoo-ha about the fact that it was $80. How could Anybody pay $80 for a pair of pants yeah. is beyond me. Right. Kmart have a pair that are exactly the same Your for $15. Your mum's voice is not that annoying, by the way. It's close. Shout out to Boo. Anyway, mm. I hate to admit that she was right. One of my favourite things to do nowadays is shop well to try and buy vintage stuff. And I try and buy cheap stuff from Kmart and Big W you as much as I can. A You've never taken that advice. You bought a dress last year to wear once that was six hundred dollars. I rented had... it out, so I've paid it off. I, I couldn't give two flobs about you renting <laughs> it out. You still paid six hundred bucks. You're not a vintage shopper. You never have been. No, you never but will all be. this is Kmart and stuff. I just buy basics, cheap stuff nowadays. I'm better at it. And then any if I buy anything expensive, I rent it out or sell it and make my money back. Whereas I used to just blow cash on stuff because I wanted to get back at mum for never letting me buy nice stuff. Is that what you said when you bought your $300 face mask? (laughs) The one where you look like a Power Ranger. extending my life, okay? My mum believed in skincare as well. She's still alive, by the way. She (laughs) believes in skincare. Believes, yeah. 13353, the best thing your parents ever taught you. Maybe you didn't take the lessons on board like AB. While I think of it, it could be a quote. 
I quite like a nice quote. My mum has this poem, I forget the name of it, but the first line is, go quietly amidst the noise and haste, which I always Ooh. love because it means it doesn't matter how, how annoying your co-host and producer might be, you block out the noise and do your own thing. One triple three five three. You don't do a good job three. of that, mate. We're going to sort out tickets to the cinemas for our favourite one today. Rocky first on one triple three five three. Chris, what were you taught? Uh, as a kid, I was taught to not put my pecker where I wouldn't put my fingers. And have you found that throughout the years you've been with us, Chris, that Chris oh, he's gone. He's disappeared. He's gone. Okay. He definitely strayed a few times. I had a lot of questions. And the more I think about it. He just mic dropped us, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you wouldn't in like a socket. Don't or... overthink it. And say what you're thinking on this show. Well, you put your fish. No. You put your hands Stop. in a fish's mouth Stop. to take a hook. At, anyway. Stop. Okay. Uh, let's go to Good beautiful start. Ingham. Hello, Tracy. Tell us uh, the best thing your parents ever taught you. Or not. Tracy, you there? Um, yes, hello. I am. Hello. The best thing your parents taught you. What do you got? Well, I'm, just, I'm originally from Normanton, which is situated in the Gulf of Carpentaria. Yep. And because I've been up there most of my life, um, my parents um, taught me that whatever gift you got, whether it's for your birthday, Christmas, yep. you know, just be thankful for what you have because it was so far away and we, we just got to get what you have up there, you know, because we, we're 500 k's from Mount Isa and 715 k's from Mount uh, Cairns. Yeah. So, you know, we had to be just grateful for what gifts we have. Tracy is a, a great story out of Normanton. I'm sure there's a million. There's a kid and he's still in Cairns. He plays Q Cup footy. His name's Terence Casey Douglas. I don't know if you maybe know the family, but um, That's my nephew. It's your nephew. Oh, small well, world. So if I yes. hear stories of his mum would drive him up to four hours on a weekend just oh, to play man. footy. Is that right? Yes, that's correct, yes. Unbelievable. It is a small world. So in summary, world. anyone from Tracy. Normanton is gonna be a very nice, humble, it's balanced. On you, Tracy. (laughs) Lovely to speak to you, mate. Thanks for calling the rush hour. Shane in Townsville, keep it PG, would you? One triple three five three is the number. What did you learn from your parents? (laughs) Keep keep it PG. I think Chris really frightened us there. I love Chris. Well, my old man always told me, he said, if you're going to put it in, you put it in for life. Otherwise, it's going to cost you a fortune in the long run. Okay. My my brain's not large, Shane. Can you break that down a little bit for me? (laughs) It's, um... If you um, meet a girl, yep. and, oh. you get a, and you get a, and you get a pregnant or something like that, okay, down the line, yep. So you know, if you if you put it in and you get a pregnant, you marry her, oh, quite literally, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and also, it could be like an investment. Yeah, yep. I've been happily married for twenty five years this year. Two beautiful girls. I can't complain. Shout yeah, out nice. to you, Shane. I mean, that one could be like an investmenty one too, because my dad's really into the stocks. Yep. He says the Warren Buffett one, which is invest in what you know and never open the mail. I don't check my letterbox either, so that makes sense. <laughs> Yours is mostly bills. Uh, it's fact. Triple M's Rush Hour with AB and Elias. Our guest this afternoon, he has the best job in the entire, probably world. Um, he's also living proof that you don't have to sit there like a bum on the dole to get paid to drink. Uh, this man has a very official title. He joins us this afternoon. His name is Jack Brew. Hello, mate. <laughs> Good afternoon, guys. How are you? Really well. Can you tell us, you're working with Noosa Brewery. Tell us a little bit about your gig and how it came about. Absolutely. Would love to. So, yeah, basically they advertised the position back in November last year. Um, They got inundated with applications. Apparently over a 1,000 people applied. Uh, 
got the call that I uh, got the gig and basically I've officially started this week um, and it honestly is, I think I've landed Australia's best job to taste brews and get paid. So, I mean, phenomenal. Firstly, how much do you think your surname played into your potential success at this gig? Because having a name like Brew and working with beer seems like a match made in heaven. Secondly, what was the what does the role entail? Like how much work are you doing? What's the pay? I love that. I think, yeah, I think my last name definitely, you know, I'd like to think it's given me some brownie points over the others. <laughs> um, but, yeah, pretty much the gist of it is they, they, they plan on releasing four limited release beers per year. Um, so I basically get the call up when it's time to come on down and and basically sit back for the hour, $250 for the hour to Oof. sit back and taste the brew before it hits the Australian market. <laughs> right. Oh I, so if, if we had to crunch, crunch numbers, and by the way, the official title, Chief Beer Tasting Officer, which And he I gets love. a free lunch as well, yes. mind you. Okay. Yes. So for four beers a year, that's a 1000 bucks. If if we could get to let's say two hundred beers a year, all of a sudden we're we're talking salary. Is is the long term goal here, Jack, to retire from whatever you do as a real job and do this full time? Oh, I absolutely want to sink my teeth into this yep. and uh, certainly give it my all because I'd love to be able to <laughs> see these num- these hours boost up. <laughs> I mean, if you even looked into the world of taste testing, because I think I read ages ago, there's a guy that does Nutella tasting in France, and that is a full time gig. Yeah, see, that's okay. That's the avenue I want to head down. <laughs> <laughs> it's all stepping stones by the sounds of it. Yeah, absolutely. I've just kicked off and I feel like that's the direction I want to head. Jack, do your mates hate you? Because I would. If you were, if you were one of my best friends... And yeah, this is you, like you're you landed, a flog, you don't deserve it. I'd be so off you, mate. Absolutely. What they're saying to me right now is... They're lined up, ready ready for if anything goes down with me, I've got to step out. I've got a line of guys that want to jump in. <laughs> and what about your actual workplace? What do you do for a crust normally and how did they take it? Yeah, so I'm currently a FIFO worker. I work um, on a ship over in France. So currently doing six weeks on, six weeks off. So they're, they're pretty jealous because they're like, you get to come home on your six weeks off get the call and go drink beer. I mean, it is pretty much living the dream. Paid for as well. Jack Brew is living every man and woman's dream across this beautiful state and country as well. He's the chief (laughs) beer tasting officer for for heads of Noosa Brewery. You can check out their website to uh, maybe not get his gig, but check out some of the brews they have there. Unless he taps out. You never know. True. Jack (laughs) Brew could be maybe not cut out for this, we're hoping. (laughs) On you, Jack. Appreciate you joining us on the Rush Hour, mate. Thank you very much, guys. Have a great afternoon. Triple three five three. We have done this many times before, but it never gets any less funny. Mm-hmm. We actually had a guest on the show just under an hour ago who has been rewarded with what is titled Australia's Best Job. Really, really cool gig. He's very fortunate enough to be a beer taster professionally. He gets a good crust for it. Uh, very, very good work conditions. We think, however, and pointed out in the interview with him, there might be a reason that he was a little bit more appealing than some of the other candidates that applied for the job. How much do you think your surname played into your potential success at this gig? Yeah, I think my last name definitely, you know, I'd like to think it's given me some brownie points over the others. His name is Jack Brew, and he's a beer taster. It's the best. I reckon, yeah. like, the guy's charismatic by yeah. all means. Yeah. He seems very well suited to the job. Yeah. But I have a feeling that potentially yeah. the owners of that beer company went through the oh. resume, saw Brew, and just deleted the rest of them. So good and so lucky. It was meant to be. He could have been Jack Meth. He's just very lucky to be. <laughs> he could have been Jack Poo yeah. instead of Brew. Wow, well, he would do that anyway. One triple three five three. What we want to do today is does your name suit your job? Because there's some rippers 
particularly across this state that we hear of. Yeah, I mean, I knew a baker who was a baker. He worked at Brumbies. I'd, my maths teacher, I'll never forget him, and we've spoken about him before, St. Augustine's in Cairns, grade nine, math. His name was Mr. Failer, spelt as it sounds, and I got a D. So, you know what? He was it an honest really man. could have really defied the odds. He, he, he went by his name, Mr. Failer. I don't know if he's still teaching these days, but he was a maths teacher, and it was. I remember the first class with him, he wrote his name on the board. I thought, I laughed. I thought he was taking the mickey. Yeah, I, I did also once hire a bloke to be an exterminator in Brisbane whose surname was Killer. I love that. It felt it felt right. Yes. Like he was destined for that industry. He could have been going and doing the different trades. They said, do you want to be a landscape mm. architect? Mm. No, thank you. I know I have more in me. So we got the baker. We got Jack Brew, who's the beer taster, the maths teacher, Mr. Failer, Killer, the pest exterminator. exterminator. One triple three five three. Does your name suit your job or have you got a story of someone that you grew up with, you worked with, a mate of yours, whatever it might be? Mm-hmm. One triple three five three. Does your name suit your job? We'll go to Townsville first. Jenny, tell us about yours. Um, a urologist specialist in Melbourne. His name was Dr. Burnside. <laughs> oh. And if you've got crooked kidneys, you really got a burn in your side. <laughs> Ouch. You, His name about, hurts to hear. You think about changing. If you're in a situation like that, and thanks for your call, Jenny. Well, he could be working in the burns unit, you, so it's, go. <laughs> it's better than he hopes. Okay, uh, let's go to Toowoomba up next. Adam, thanks for joining the Rush Hour, mate. You, you know someone uh, with a name that suits their job. What's your story? Yes, this was also a doctor. He used right. to say his name was Dr. Deest, but it was spelled D-E-A-T-H. Oh. <sighs> no, definitely change Doc- that. <laughs> Dr. Deest. What is even the heritage of that name? <laughs> I have no idea, but, um, yeah, we used to have a chuckle. There's I a- can't remember where it was from, but, yeah, I do recall that sinking back when you called this segment. <laughs> Because that's a there's a TV show yes. and a podcast yes. called Doctor Death now, yes. but it's not obviously the person's no. name. They just unfortunately oh. went that direction. Oh. A mate of mine is listening. Uh, she lives in Mackay. Shout out Melanie. I'm only going off what she's messaged me oh, no. to be truth. Melanie is... Just remember that we've been filthy this whole show. No, I'm aware, but this is her story, not mine. You... So that's why I'd rather just repeat someone else's story. All right, all right. Um, I'm not involved in this. Said her mother swears her gynecologist's name back in the day. No. Was... No. Dr. Finger. So there's that... Did you really get a message from Melody? Or was it from Chris from Rocky from earlier today? I know Dr. Finger well. (laughs) We're never getting back on air after today. We're done. Tropical Cyclone Jasper has intensified into a Category 2 system. The Rush Hour family in far north Queensland has been doing it tough. 500 millimetres of rain within 24 hours. The Rush Hour's 42 for flood relief. Let's go take a walk. AB, Friday week we will be walking 42 kilometres, which I don't think your brain has processed just how far that is yet. Oh, no, I'm in denial, but I think that's the best way to be. 42k, but for a wonderful 
cause. A lot of people in the northern parts of the state still really suffering after the horrific flooding that happened in Cairns and far north Queensland. We want to help out. So we're doing that walk. We're hoping that you'll jump on board and donate to the cause. You head along to triplem.com.au, the wind tab there. You'll see 42 for flood relief. If you've got five bucks to spare, please do donate because every dollar that you pledge on there will go directly to flood relief. There's still so many businesses that cannot operate in that part of the state, so many houses that basically need to be rebuilt from the ground up. And a man that was on the scene doing a lot of help, particularly over that pre-Christmas period, uh, he is part of a great uh, mental health charity called Kick On. Drew Brewer, mate, you were you were right there in places like Holloway's Beach, which is one of the worst hits. Can you can you tell us particularly about that day after when you really saw the damage that was done? Mate, yeah, it was devastating. To be honest, like, good on you guys for getting involved. Like, it was, I, you know, I kind of love that stuff. So it was an awesome week for me, but I cried every day. Oh. Like, it was just devastating. Like, just to see houses totally destroyed. But, you know, it's not one street. It's not, it's the whole suburb. Like, the whole Holloway's was totally destroyed. And Machin's was the same. Yorkies, there was only three or four streets. They were a bit luckier. But, um, yeah, just devastating, man. Like, just, you know, people losing absolutely everything. Unfortunately as well, like, it's it, nobody's fault, really. The news cycle, it continues. And over that Christmas break, the eyeballs aren't getting on this as much. Do you feel up in the far north region, like, potentially people are forgetting that it is still not back to normal, that, th- that people are still displaced, homes are destroyed, businesses aren't, aren't o- able to open at all? Hundred percent, yeah. Look, it's it's one of those things. We we have uh, we we we're all goldfish, right? So we we kind of forget if it's not in our face the whole time, and the news, you know, always chases the news story. So, but there's so many people that are still without homes. Um, you know, the Holloway's Hub is still operating. There's still a, a bunch of volunteers, like literally volunteering, you know, every day since then. So, um, there's amazing work being done, and it just. I think the more people, like if if you went out there and just just saw what it was like, you'd you'd open up your heart to it. So, um, and there's just nowhere for these people to go too, you know. So a lot of them are going to be displaced for quite a while. Well, the wonderful thing about the people in this state is it doesn't matter if you're listening from anywhere. You might be in Darling Downs. Uh, I don't know. You're in Harvey Bay. You're in Bundy. You're in Mackay. You're in Rocky. You're in Town. Wherever, uh, Cairns is you. You know what I mean? Mm. This state has always looked after each other. They did it during the Townsville floods a few years ago. So please, again, if you can spare a couple of bucks to donate, as we do 42 for flood relief, head to our website. Again, it's triplem.com.au. You can leave your name there or your business name. You can stay anonymous and, and jump on board. We do want to help these locals. Drew, you do a magnificent job with Kick On, and um, you, you've got a great rig too, 42Ks. Would you be able to do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll see where I'm at. When is it next Friday? I actually, apparently, legally, other people can't do it with us because I, I just think that's BS. By the way, I think they're just trying Thank to. Thank God. Yeah, no. <laughs> and hey, hey, wait, wait, wait! I do want to say really quickly as well. Drew is not like painting enough of a picture of how much work he was out there and doing, but we did get an email from JB in our team up in Cairns to mm. say that you were very much hands on the entire time helping people. So shout out to you as well, Drew. Um, look, we all do what we can, and there's, like I said, there's people done have done a lot more than us. Um, you know, we ended up raising 26 grand, which is, you know, wow. straight from the community. Wow. You know, like that's when when these terrible things happen, you really see the, the best and the worst of the community. So it's it's been amazing, you know. So happy to be involved and stoked to hear you guys are, are getting your walk on. 
Appreciate you, Drew. Can't That's wait for the, the least blisters. highlight of it. On you, brother. <laughs> Love you. Thanks, <laughs> mate. Talk to you later. Um, kick on. Charity, if you want to check it out, very good. Very good. Yeah, legend. And our website, triplem.com.au. Pledge a little donation on there. We'll be walking. Are you going to do some practice? Walking and talking. Are you going to do some practice? Of walking? Nope. Absolutely Had not. a few years. A long walks. Practicing. Triple M's Rush Hour. This is Triple M's Rush Hour with AB and Elias. As well as making a lot of fart jokes and quite a bit of innuendo and sometimes chatting to people that are smarter than us on this show, I'd like to think this is a place of learning. <laughs> every so often that we have an opportunity to teach, if you will. And yesterday I saw something in a little homeware store that I thought was very encouraging for me to try and improve my vocabulary in 2024 and take the Rush Hour family along on this journey. I saw a great phrase. It's a Scottish phrase. And I think we should all use this more in 2024. Not because only, not only because it sounds great to say, it's fun to say, but secondly, because the meaning behind it is wonderful. And we should all do more of this in 24. The phrase is herkle-durkling. To herkle-durkle means to lie in bed or lounge about when nobody should be up and about. Linder, linger under the covers of a warm bed long after it's time to get up. So skip your alarm, don't go to work, don't drop the kids to school and herkle-durkle. Herkle-durkle all day long. Okay. Every day, 24 if you really want. It sounds like it could be a, like a, a new name for special fun time. It does sound like it has that insinuation, you know, but no, no, this is much lazier. Your wife comes home, That's she's too tired much from effort. work, you say, hey, what's the chance of a little herkle-durkle tonight? <laughs> or even just, just the durkle. You know what I mean? Yeah, the Durkle could be the... Yeah, a quick okay. Durkle. All right. I did actually want to job. dive Sorry, to find some yep. more old-timey phrases right. that aren't used, that are obscure, that we should bring back into vocab in 24. The right. first one I think you should use a lot. Okay. Absquel, absquitulate. Yep. Absquatulate. Okay. Now, to absquatulate means to discreetly leave a gathering or party without informing the host. Oh, so smoke ghost. bomb. Why would, I, why would I use absquatulate when I can say ghost? Because you sound like a bad person. I am a bad person. Nobody knows what absquatulate means. I had about 20 messages in my Instagram yesterday saying I was a bad person because I don't believe cheating's real at a Bucks party. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not worried about absquatulating. I'm ghosting. I'm out of there. Okay, well, when we describe you in future, you're an yes. absquatulator. Sure. Now, this one is kind of well-known, but I think it should just make a return in general. Yeah. Poppycock. Nonsense. Like oh, that, yeah. That's not BS. That's poppycock. But what I don't understand is is what is a poppycock? Well, what's a poppy to start? I know it's a flower, but what else is it? Because you're not saying it's a flower penis, are you? No, they don't say. They just say it comes right. from Dutch. From Dutch origins, the word pappycock, which means soft manure. Oh, okay. I like yeah. pappycock. Okay, Pappycock's right. better than poppycock. Say it in so, Dutch, then. So pappycock, abscotching, and you'll hurkle my durkle. I've got another one as well, oh, which okay. I think... Oh, I've got two. Oh, God. One of which I think you probably will use a lot. Okay. You know when you say someone's a pest? Yeah. So that actually comes from the lengthier word pestiferous, which means troublesome, bothersome, irritating, or annoying. Right. So if I was asking my wife for some herkle durkle, I'd be pestiferous. <laughs> correct, correct. Oh, okay. And then the last one, yeah. which I don't think needed to be a word, but yeah. gosh, I'm happy it is. To def- deafen... Did, did, I'm glad you practice the pronunciations. Defenestrate. Defenestrate. And that means to throw something out the window. <laughs> oh. So, you, so if, yeah, yeah. If we were to blow up this shot, we'd be defenestrating. So you could go home and herkle durkle. I'll abscotch. Because <laughs> this show is You're not only shit, it's pappy cack. <laughs> 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 